Blog Talk Radio. Gonna tell you a little bedtime tale, legend it will become. Burgers flying out the door, sail on. Two for one, no concern for the future. Living for today. Fast food bite on your way, lay it all to waste. The masses are afflicted now. Moo, mad cow. Mad cow. Mad cow, mad cow, line dance song. Hey, Sangai Nation, welcome to the show on another Friday afternoon. Sangai with you as normal. Some show notes if you were looking for some professional wrestling tonight and tomorrow. Tonight, WCWO in. Indianapolis, Indiana at the Outlaw Arena. We also have FGW in Hamilton, Ohio. Tomorrow night, Relentless Pro Wrestling in Spokane, Washington. AEW in town for Collision at the Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle. You also have Hair and Heat in Indianapolis, Indiana. Zane Paisley's first ever foray into promoting so if you're anywhere near indianapolis make sure you go support zane so he runs wrestlezania and i can appear on that particular show our guest uh, running a bit behind i'm going to attempt to call him so one moment here while i try to get him on the line one moment bear with us here Um, hum something to yourselves, if you will. And here we go. Giving a call. Frank Falcon with us. Yes, this is Frank. Well, thank you so much for joining us here today on Sign Guys Wrestling Show. We want to welcome you. And since it is your first time with us, I'm going to lead you off today with our traditional first-timer question. How did you get into the business of professional wrestling? Well, that's an interesting story. Um <laughs> I started going to the University of Wyoming in uh, 2013, so it was my first uh, my first semester. I was really hopped up on all the social science stuff, and I wanted to join the honors. Uh, at, at the time, it wasn't even an honors college in its own right. It was just kind of like a program, and they were like, well, you can start a business. So I got sick. Uh, around the holidays and as I was recovering uh one of the videos that auto played was uh you know an old time pro wrestling sh- uh video and I was kind of delirious cuz I was like recovering from a really bad flu and I just thought well that's the uh that's exactly what Wyoming needs pro wrestling I'm going to bring pro wrestling to Wyoming 
traditionally and, uh, you know, like Wyoming it's, it's kind of, wasn't a big wrestling state. There's not been a lot there. Uh, when you go back to the territorial days, sometimes Stu Hart's Stampede Wrestling would travel down to Wyoming. Uh, the WWF would make occasional stops. WCW would make occasional stops, but it wasn't like a regular territory, and it didn't seem to have like a thriving independent circuit. What were some of the challenges you had in getting pro wrestling in Wyoming? Uh, some of it was a pipeline problem. Uh, a lot of the the pro wrestlers weren't in Wyoming, so everybody had to be imported from Utah, from Colorado, uh, Nebraska, some of the surrounding states. Uh, and there was also a bit of an issue with just, like, building up a culture of wrestling. Like you pointed out, it wasn't a really big, you know, wrestling territory. There were a lot of, um, you know, like, occasional shows, but, you know, like, it, people needed to get used to, hey, there's going to be a pro wrestling show at this time, at this date, you know, and show up and just kind of get into a groove of, you know, like, in a place where there's not a lot to do, uh, all of a sudden now there's, you know, body slams and chokeholds. <laughs> And when you got into the business, were you looking solely at promoting wrestling, or did you have visions of maybe doing wrestling yourself but backed away from it? Um, I ended up doing a little bit of wrestling myself and uh, mostly refereeing, but no, I, I basically just wanted people to have something new to do, something fun to do. Um, I mean, I, I used to watch uh, wrestling with my grandma. That was kind of our thing. She, you know, she'd have uh, wrestling on, and I'd watch. But um, yeah, I, I for me, it was mostly just wanting to bring entertainment because Wyoming just doesn't have a lot of entertainment. There's not a lot in the way of regular entertainment. There's not a lot in the way of of live entertainment. There is like you know a fair bit of like independent uh, entertainment, but just not quite as much as um, I guess like in in other states that I'd lived in, like California or New York. Does that make sense? Absolutely it does, yeah. Anybody that's been to Wyoming will definitely understand that bigger towns are very spread apart, and the smaller towns just don't necessarily have the population density to support something like that. Yeah. Now, I said a moment ago that Sometimes the old stampede territory would come into town and things of that nature. In a lot of places, wrestling fans will gravitate towards the style of the territory that ran in their area. Uh, For instance, a lot of fans of the AWA territory, they gravitate towards more of a map-based scientific style. You saw people in the Northeast, they like the big brawlers a lot, things of that nature. Do you find on the shows that you do that the fan base is similar to that, where they like sort of what the old stampede wrestling style was, or do you see the fans liking a multitude of styles or a different style? Okay, so that's going to be kind of like a two-parter. Um to, to, I've been trying to find out for years. It's an ongoing thing. And just to get information of, like, the, the wrestling that there was 
you know, in Wyoming has kind of been like pulling teeth every once in a while. Somebody, you know, an old timer will show up and they'll be like, yeah, you know, like back in the eighties or, you know, whenever I'd go to the shows and, and they'd have a little bit of information. And of course, as a promoter, you're overwhelmed because you're doing 10 million things. Um, you know, everybody's trying to get your attention. You've got to go, you know, pay everybody. There's just, there's so much stuff going on that you're already kind of overwhelmed. Um, but, uh, you know, so like you get these conversations with people and you'd really like to just sit there and talk to them and, you know, pick their brain and hear, you know, like stories of back in the day, but you can't really, because you've got like 30 billion other things to do. Um, but at the same time, there were also things that just kind of developed. Um, I don't know if it's like culturally, I, I guess that would be a good way to put it. Um, where there were just things like, for example, intergender matches, uh, because there was a pipeline problem, that was just kind of a thing that developed on its own. It just, you know, organically just happened where it was, a, you know, like a very regular thing. And, and I know, like, there's a lot of uh, really strong opinions about the intergender matches. Um, uh, talent feels uncomfortable with it, um, you know, like, and they can point to very valid reasons, especially if they're in a place, you know, Hawaii, California, where, um, pro wrestling is a little bit more established and, um, you know, just kind of like they've, they've developed their own, I guess, like wrestling traditions. It's, you know, like, cause pro wrestling is kind of like, um, it is a culture and it's, you know, like a subculture in its own right, but then it kind of further breaks down, you know, among promotions and that sort of thing. Does, does that make sense? So like there, there are things like that. There's also, um, I guess a lot more, impromptu, um, you know, especially if you're out in the middle of nowhere, if you're in a town of, let's say, 100 or a town of 500, and, you know, wrestlers had to come and drive, you know, like hours and hours or something um, just to get there. You kind of have to just adapt to, okay, like I thought 12 people were going to show up, but only eight showed up. And, you know, like how do you still run a show for two and a half hours? So that's... um you know some of the some of the things that 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 have just kind of like organically um you know happened i've never really felt like there was a lot of pressure for oh you guys should conform to how another promotion uh did it i you know like and and in a certain um i guess like there's the aspect too where like the fans like to have input so they'll make a lot of suggestions and you know as any you know good successful business owner um, you know, should be, they should be listening to, you know, their fan base. These are the people that are coming and buying tickets. These are the people that are invested in your, you know, in your promotion and your product. And, um, you know, like it's good to, to pay attention. I mean, this is just a general business thing to pay attention to what the people want. Um, and, you know, in that sense, you also have to start thinking about how you're going to st uh, structure your cards because some people really like, um, you know, tag team matches or, you know, singles matches, um, you know, there's just, you kind of got to get to know your audience, uh, know what they want, what they expect, what, you know, see what, uh, there's a lot of experimentation because you've got to, you know, try stuff out to see, does that work? Does that not work? Um, you know, what could I have done better? Um, you know, what should I avoid in the future? Does that make sense? Most definitely it does. You mentioned that the pipeline of wrestlers is a problem there because there aren't any in Wyoming. 
most people that start promoting wrestling find out very quickly that there are a lot of things that can become issues that they didn't necessarily think of going into it. Uh, Getting venues can be very tough. The insurance can be very tough. Licensing can be very tough. There's a lot of things most people new to that end of the business don't consider. What has been the most surprising challenge that you've had so far as a promoter? Um, I think part of it is, and I'm not trying to bash Wyoming, but um, there's there's an aspect of the culture there where they really don't like a lot of like outsiders or like new people coming in. Um, you know, and even and that was part of my issue because I came into it as a college student, so I was trying to employ, you know, like these these concepts that they're talking about in a lot of these social science classes, um, you know, and and that would include like political science, how do you get revenue, taxable revenue, and that sort of thing. So, from my end, I thought, well, it's a win-win if we get people from Colorado coming in and, and buying a ticket and paying Wyoming sales tax. Uh, for a ticket, for example, I saw that as a win because it, it boosts, you know, um, the revenue and, you know, like the state now has more money to, you know, do whatever they're going to do with it. Um, so there was that, that like on the one one hand, I was seeing it as like, oh, this is great for Wyoming. This is great for the county because that's, you know, like especially in Wyoming, that's that's how it works. It's it, the, the, tax, the, the tax that you collect for the tickets goes, to, you know, to that county. Um, so I was thinking that they were going to be thinking like, wow, like pro wrestling is wonderful. Like they were going to be hailing us as heroes. Like you guys are bringing in more, more revenue, uh, you know, taxable revenue from, you know, the, the outlying states. Um, but it wasn't really, I don't know. They, they still had that, that hesitation of like, don't be bringing all these outsiders in here. Don't be bringing all these people from another state. Um, over here, and you know, again, from from my standpoint, I was like, look, it's a win-win. They come here, they have to, you know, like they buy a ticket, that's taxable. If they buy gas, that's taxable. Um, if they buy, you know, like let's say after the show or before the show, they're like, look, we're hungry, let's go to a local restaurant, and um, you know, like spend money on food or drinks or whatever. Um, I, I just, I, I really thought like, wow, this was just so wonderful. Like I'm going to boost all this, you know, this taxable revenue for Wyoming and the locals didn't necessarily see it like that. Um, I also kind of underestimated, um, just the, I guess the, the way that, um, I expected also to just have this, uh, I don't know, just like, again, it was like, a, I, I thought it was a win-win. Um, people come in and there, there is that aspect of culture where they really just don't like a lot of people coming in. They, they want it to be quiet. They don't want a lot of events. They don't want people going to a venue and, you know, everybody's parking. And, you know, it's like not, not that everybody's like that because some people will just see a bunch of cars at, you know, whatever venue it is that, that you booked. And they're like, wow, I wonder what's going on there. Because, like, usually it's dead. There's, like, three cars parked there. Um, And then all of a sudden there's a bunch of, you know, like all the parking spaces are mostly taken up and whatnot. So they're curious what's what's going on. Um, So there kind of is that, like, I guess, like the rancher faction uh, doesn't seem to want a lot of development. Uh, But then you've got also the working families, and they've got children. And so, you know, it's kind of these, uh, I guess, these concepts of, you know, the American social space where, different groups have different uh, needs or wants, if, if that makes sense. 
And that would be, I guess, like the biggest thing that I kind of underestimated was was that in that vein. With not having anyone in Wyoming that is a full-time wrestler, obviously you have to bring in outside talent. What is your method of selecting this talent? Do you have someone that helps you book the talent? Do you do all of that yourself? Do you do video research, word of mouth? What's the process for you? Um, I wish I had like a single, a single answer for that. Um, I mean, some of it is there's, there's always homework, uh, as a promoter, just do your homework, get to know people, go out there, network. Um, you know, even, even if you meet, uh, like new talent and you don't necessarily like their gimmick or something like that, like always be mindful that there's growth. Um, somebody might've started with a cowboy gimmick and that's not going to be the, you know, like the end point i guess for them they might find you know after two three four five gimmicks um there's one that really sticks one that's just you know like that's them that's the one that they were born to to be and uh you kind of have to let people have uh you know like i said just be mindful of the growth you know like everybody that's coming to your promotion um you know some of them are a little bit newer some of them are established you know veterans and uh you just need to really be aware that you know like the person that that hits you up for like hey i want to come to your promotion like that's not their end point um you know you need to also uh, i guess be aware are you going to be investing your time in working with them and just kind of seeing like well you know like what could they have done better what could i have done better can we just kind of continue to grow together um if if that makes sense um, but there's also, uh, and by the way, in the meantime, there, there are some local wrestlers in Wyoming now. Um, not a lot, but that kind of stands to reason because the population in Wyoming is so low. So, you know, I wasn't expecting that there were going to be like, you know, 5,000 wrestlers in Wyoming and, you know, we've only been at it for about seven years or so, or I think we're going on eight years now. So, um, that there's, there's some of that and, um, yeah, I guess like also I I'm I really identify as a futurist, so I guess I'm like always looking towards the future, you know, like I'm not necessarily looking at a wrestler as they are now. I'm looking more like how can they what can they morph into uh down the line. Um especially with uh you know some of the talent they might start out as a face and then you know they decide well maybe I'm better suited as a heel and you know really adaptability is the main thing. When you found out that there were local wrestlers in Wyoming, so if there was ever a situation that you needed someone locally, whether it was for a match or to send around for uh, drumming up business just to talk at schools or whatever, or whatever the case may be, how much easier was it for you as a promoter, knowing you did have some local wrestlers that were there in case they were needed, because as we all know, card is subject to change, and promoters constantly deal with people that, for whatever reason, can't make the scheduled appearance. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I don't know. Like, the, the one thing I would tell any promoter is, like, you need to be adaptable from the get-go. Um, I wouldn't say that my job got a lot easier when, um, you know, when, when there was local talent because a lot of times they'd be booked elsewhere, um, you know, or just life happens, you know, things come up. Uh, the wrestlers have families. They've got other stuff going on, too. Uh, work might take them somewhere else or send them elsewhere. Some of them are in the military or in the National Guard or something. And, um, yes, I mean, it, it's, uh, I, I think for as far as Wyoming, it, it, even in the near future, I don't think that I'm going to have a lot of uh, dependence on the local guys. I will work with them whenever, but at the same time, they've got other ambitions. They've got, you know, other opportunities, too. And, you know, I can't really expect them to just be tied to this one local uh, promotion in a small state, um, you know, so there's, it's, it's really a thing of adaptability. That is the number one thing. If, if somebody is like very unmalleable, um, maybe pro wrestling's not for them because card is subject to change. That's, that's one of the first things that you need to, uh, you know, realize a lot of stuff is going to happen too that, you know, like you just had no idea, um, in my first show, I had my budget, you know, really, you know, tightly done and whatnot. And then all of a sudden I had to pay for uh, porta potties and not even that many people showed up. So that was an expense that, you know, I could have avoided, but in the same, you know, at the same time I was trying to just kind of have all my bases covered and yeah, just, um, I, I don't know, like local local talent is you just keep at it. You know what I mean? It, it's one of those things where, I mean, I don't know where we'll be 10, 15 years down the line from now. Um, it might become like a big pro wrestling mecca. And, you know, there really are, you know, let's say 2,000 wrestlers in the state uh, to kind of uh, work with and cycle through. And, you know, and, and there's just there's so much that's unknown. Um, just be adaptable because card is subject to change. Get used to the asterisk. <laughs> One of most wrestling promoters' greatest fear is having a wrestler injured on their show. Injuries are just part of the business. They're going to be there no matter what, but no promoter wants to have someone break a leg or dislocate a shoulder or have a broken nose on their show. What are some of the injuries that you've had to see happen on shows you've promoted? Uh, luckily, not that many injuries, um, but I'm kind of more, I, I'm a Taurus. I don't know if you know, some of the people are going to be like, oh, yeah, okay, that explains that. Um, I, I do try to have my bases covered. I try to have, um, you know, just be safe. Um, so I have things like having staff that can do CPR and, you know, have first aid training, Um I mean, it's nice. I've, thank God I've never had to use, you know, rely on that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've seen, I've seen injuries, you know, with other promotions. It's unfortunate. Um, you know, I, I guess you could try to just focus on safety, and I think that might be sort of my thing where it's like we're more like, you know, because for, for us to, like, a, the majority of the people that come are, you know, like parents and their kids. 
So I want them to have a good time. I don't want them to be traumatized because somebody had a really bad injury. Um, so we focus more on that. Uh, you know, and a lot of the promotions, like especially on TV, they're going to want like the big spectacular stuff. And we try to integrate some of that too. But at the same time, like it, I guess the, the big sky branding is more about, you know, family, uh, you know, being family friendly. Um, so safety is, you know, a, a bigger, bigger thing. So we're not going to be like, saying yeah do some really risky move or you know 619 or something like that and there's other things that you can you know you can do too uh you know like there's there's uh seminars and such and you can have workshops and that sort of thing to focus on safety um we were running a, a school for a bit kind of wind you know it's winding down but we're getting ready to start up again but that was like one of the things that we really uh, you know, focused on and just really pushed before anybody could even start, you know, even touching the ring or any of that is safety. Just focus on safety, uh, safety all around. Um, if that's an afterthought, you're going to have a bad time. <laughs> Has there ever been a situation where wrestlers have come to you with an idea they wanted to do on the show, whether it was a specific move or uh, some sort of stipulation or anything like that, and you had to veto it because it just did not sound safe to you. Um, no, not not in the way of safety. Um, I vetoed certain, you know, like just other ideas that people had for like storylines, um, but not so much for for safety. I think I was like pretty firm about that up front. And, um, you know, never really, never really had to worry about that. But at the same time, uh, some of these weird stipulations and experimental things, I was that promoter that would just kind of go with it like, oh, yeah, that is so outlandish and new. Let's go with it. And so, I mean, like we had a battle royal one time where one of the wrestlers was, you know, like just kind of concerned. So uh, we, we changed the rules that instead of being over the top, um, you know, the, the top uh, – why am I drawing a blank now? Um, the top royal. rope. Sorry. Yeah, it was a battle royal, and instead of being over the top rope elimination, it was through the, uh, the uh, over the the second rope. So you know, and then of course there was backlash. Some people were just so like, "No, that's not tradition. Like you can't do that in wrestling." And blah 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 blah. And, uh, you know, it's again. There's always going to be somebody that's unhappy with something, but at the same time, uh, one of the promoters early on told me like, your first few shows, these are going to be like your college years. Just like treat it like your college years. So I was just all down for you know, like let's let's experiment, let's do something weird, let's you know, um, let's try a five way fight or something, and I, you know, just whatever. A lot of the, and I think that's one of the things that a lot of the wrestlers that would. Uh, that would come work with us, they'd have these um, like either storylines or stipulations that would get vetoed at a lot of other promotions. But then they'd talk to me and we just, you know, sometimes there'd just be that chemistry and, you know, I'd be down to like, hey, let's try it. Um, you know, you, a lot of things are, you know, like while they're theoretical, um, you know, like you just kind of have to try them out and see what works, see what, you know, doesn't work. What do the fans like? Do they react to it? Are they like, yeah, that was unexpected, but that was awesome. With the 
popularity right now of the national companies, uh, we've seen massive uh, dollar amounts generated by WWE and AEW and New Japan. Obviously, they have budgets and resources that on the independent level are not there at all. But do you see an uptick in popularity on your shows when you promote when the national companies are doing better? Or do you see a downward trend when the uh, national companies are doing better because fans are focused on that? Or does it run about the same for you? Um, you know, that's, that's a great question. I'm glad you asked that. I am a numbers guy, um, big, you know, math and stats nerd. Um, it's, I, I paid a lot of attention to that, and I tried to see if there was any correlation, and there there wasn't. Um, you know, there's the, sometimes there's – it's just – it's a bad day to, to have run, um, you know, because there was something else going on within five miles or so. Uh, so that's going to compete, and – you know, there's also the luck of the draw, um, especially how you're promoting and whatnot. Um, that was one of the things I, I found out early on, too. Um, a lot of the old-timers, uh, you know, trying to help and whatnot, but they were like, yeah, you got a flyer and you got a poster. So I was out there, you know, talking to people, skinning and grinning, and, um, you know, putting up flyers and whatnot. And really what, what uh, ended up sticking was social media uh, marketing. Um, so going on, on Twitter and, well, X now, uh, or Facebook ads and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I, I, I think um, as far as like correlation with what the bigger companies are doing, it doesn't really impact uh, because the market is different. Um, there can be people that would never even, you know, like they don't have cable, so they're not exposed to New Japan Pro Wrestling or, you know, AAA or WWE or AEW. Um, but they'll still buy a ticket to your, you know, independent promotion. Um, or they just don't really follow wrestling at all, and they'd even be one of these. And I've had a lot of these people, too, where they, they're these, like, staunch, like, I don't like wrestling, but somehow they got talked into going to one of our shows, and I guess they saw that it was very different than the, the kind of wrestling that's on TV um, because it's marketed to a different, you know, totally different audience. Um, and then that they would say like, oh my God, I thought that I, I thought I was like totally like, you know, just screw wrestling. It's ignorant, blah, 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 blah. But then they'd see the, you know, the stuff going on at, at an indie show and they're like, this is hilarious. Like I need to come back to the next one. Um, that was like a really a very recurring theme that just, you know, over and over where a lot of these people were just like, you know, no, I'm rabidly anti-wrestling, but I like that indie stuff. Um, you know, like some of them likened it to, it's kind of like the Three Stooges, but in a wrestling ring. Uh, you know, heard things like that, or it was kind of like the Little Rascals, or, you know, like they'll liken it to some kind of show. Um, and they just, they, they like the the indie uh, variant. And I've, I found the same for myself. I actually don't even watch WWE or AEW. I, I watch NJ, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling every so often. Um, but I wouldn't even call myself like a big wrestling guy. Um, and I'm a teacher too, working as a computer instructor. So a lot of my students are really into wrestling and they're like, Hey, did you see what happened on AEW last night? And, and I don't, but I, I've noticed that I go to a lot of indie shows and indie pro wrestling specifically, like that's, that's more my, 
my vibe. Um, you know, I can go to a lot of these indie shows and I just totally get into it. And it's like, wow, like, you know, I've never even been to the, heard of this promotion before, but I went and had a blast. I'd love to, you know, see what happens on the next one. Um, you know, or just kind of follow now that they're on my radar, kind of follow them and, and see, you know, like, how are they doing? You know, maybe I'll see a show and, you know, six months later, go catch another show. And it's like, Oh wow. Okay. So they had a little bit of signposting back to stuff from, you know, even six months ago when I was here. Um, so that's kind of the thing is that like with, with indie wrestling, like it's so, um, it, it's really not, it, it's the same as, as the, you know, the big, uh, you know, WWE, AEW type of companies, but it's also different at the same time. We know that in wrestling there are a lot of roles that need to be filled. Uh, you can't just hire six to eight wrestlers and have a show. You have to have referees, timekeepers, ring announcers, security, all the other roles that go into it that are vital to the success of a show. How do you go about looking for those types of roles to be filled? Um, I think it's just, I'm, I'm kind of a social guy. So, you know, I'm just always meeting people and, you know, just to kind of see like what's, you know, who's, who's out there, who's, you know, and, and I like to give out, I, I like to give opportunities to where maybe somebody just needs experience and, you know, try to find, you know, like what holes do I have, you know, at Big Sky where maybe they can get a little bit of that experience. Um, yeah, that that's it's basically that. I'm I'm just always on the you know the lookout to see who um, because a lot of it too. Remember, this was born of you know of academia, um, so it it really you know part of the focus. Even though we were doing the whole thing with charity and whatnot, um, and you know cause related marketing, but uh, it was also about just you know like people having opportunities to you know, kind of spread their wings and, you know, and, and try it out because some people might think, well, I'd like to be a ring announcer. And then when they, you know, start doing it, they might see another role that they'd rather be, um, you know, involved in, or maybe just kind of, you know, hanging out, they might realize, well, you know, I do this, but I might be better suited as a sound guy or, you know, maybe maybe even like they never considered being a referee. That happened with me. Um, you know, one of the shows we didn't have a referee, and it's like, okay, well, you know, I guess I'm a referee today. Luckily, I already had a a referee shirt. There was a learning curve, um, but um, you know, like I, there was like I, I had to learn to wear other hats that I didn't. You know, I never would have thought that I'd be a, a referee. And the day came where it's like, okay, I guess, you know, we're going to have to do that, um, you know, or, or somebody that was the referee just that day, they just weren't feeling it or they weren't well, you know, physically, because it's it's very demanding uh, to be a ref. Everybody, the ref is sort of invisible in a certain sense because people just kind of take them for granted. Um, you know, like they're, the emphasis is always on the wrestlers. They don't, have like referees coming out with an intro and and I have seen in a few promotions where they sort of flip it on its head where like they will make celebs out of the referees. So I guess in that regard like that's also myself. 
I really want to, um, you know, like just mix things up, change things up, and not have like the standard formula. Just because something is done standard, I don't see, um, you know, I don't think that, that it should necessarily stay that way and that there's no room for change and, and for changing things up and, and not letting just new things just kind of like uh, evolve, if that makes sense. It does. I think I really like the, the experimentation and, and just, uh, you know, finding new. I think novelty is one of the biggest, uh, I guess it, it's one of the, the, the things uh, people are just in general very drawn to. It's just, you know, if it's new, um, you know, we're going to get a rush out of it. So I, I think I've always had that, uh, I guess, that drive to, to really, let's try something new. Let's try something that's out of, out of the ordinary, something that's out of the box. Most of your shows are tied to some sort of charitable function where you raise money for different charities around the state. How do you go about deciding which charities are going to benefit from the wrestling shows? Is there a process you do to scout them out, or do they come to you? How do you normally choose that? It's been a little bit of both. Sometimes they will, you know, they'll hear from somebody's, you know, cousin that went to a show and they, you know, they happen to have a family member that works for like a nonprofit or, you know, uh, 501 or something and they'll approach me and then we can start, you know, like just figuring out the logistics of working together. Um, some of it though, too, um, again, because this was a college thing. So there's like a lot of that relationship building, you have to have partnerships. Um, so I would reach out to, and, and some of the other people on, on the team in uh, big sky also would just reach out to different organizations, get to know some of the people there. Um, there were even instances where one person at an organization was just like, no, no, we're not going to even consider pro wrestling or any, you know, working with anybody but then somebody else at the same organization would develop a relationship with somebody at Big Sky. And then, you know, a few months later, something would, you know, kind of blossom and it's like, okay, well, let's try a show. Uh, let's see, you know, they, they're trying to, you know, raise uh, money for whatever it is. They need new chairs or, you know, they need to fund a, a new program that they want to try. And it's, uh, it really comes down to relationship building. Um, You've got to have these... Uh, you got to have outreach. You need to uh, see also as an organization, you know, you're a pro wrestling organization, but you have to see what can I offer, uh, you know, this, this charitable uh, cause and how can we, you know, enrich their mission or, or help them out. And some of it is like, I'll look at, uh, you know, something that an organization does and it's like, I just feel really strongly about like, I think that this should be adequately funded. So there's the whole reaching out, getting to know, you know, like studying the organization, figuring out who would be the best people to talk to at the organization and, uh, you know, just figuring out. And then there's also chemistry too, because like there's some people that you'll just, you, you meet them and it almost feels like you've known them your whole life or like they were a long lost friend or something. And, um, you know, like that chemistry can kind of uh, make things happen rather quickly. One of the long-standing traditions in pro wrestling is a lot of times it's not necessarily a charitable type of show, but 
military bases will often have pro wrestling shows on them for entertaining the troops. Uh, we see a lot of independent companies go on to air bases and army bases and so forth and so on and do shows for the military personnel. And it's usually a bot show, meaning the military will pay the promoter X amount, which the promoter then uses to cover all the costs and then keeps the remainder. Are military base shows something that you have either done or have considered doing at some point? Yeah, I've considered doing it. I've um, I've reached out to there, there's a military base not too far from um, where I started in Manville. Um, none of it really materialized, uh, and again, it's you know like we're a smaller outfit. You know, there's only one of me. There's a few people that help out here and there, but um, I think if we had more of a regular team. Uh, that might have been more of an option. I think it's also because of the small population in Wyoming. Um, you know, it's just kind of, um, you know, I, I've done stuff like given, I, I've always had uh, discounts for the military, um, you know, since the beginning. And I stopped even like advertising it because like usually, I, I thought in the very beginning a lot of uh, the military folks from that the military base would come over uh, to watch the shows Um that didn't really happen. I even went and I was, you know, doing uh, meet and, meet and greets at the at the base. Went, you know, and spoke to people. Um, yeah, I, I, it's it's one of those things that I'd like to continue um, looking at and and trying to foster. Um, but it might just be a thing of, you know, like Wyoming. It, it, it is what it is. And we could use another, you know, like just a lot more outreach. There's never going to be enough. There's never enough outreach um, because there is a lot of that relationship building, just like there is with the with the nonprofits and the charitable causes. Um, you really need to it, – it's not just a matter of, like, let's go and do a show. There's, you know, getting to know people and getting to know the organizations and how – yeah, uh, you can help out. So yeah, I'm 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 down to work with uh, the military. I'd love to be able to entertain the troops because I know like they're they're probably bored just like everybody else is. And uh, you know, it would be nice to be able to just kind of cut loose and and have fun, go and watch a show, and just relax. A lot of times when you have charitable shows and it's raising money for whatever function, whether it's for a school or for the Eagles Lodge or for whatever it might be, a lot of times people associated with that charity will be involved in the show somehow, whether they are a special referee or guest ring announcer or whatever the case may be. A lot of times that's part of the deal is use my guy in a match and we'll make the show happen. Do you run into a lot of that where people from whatever organization it is wants to have someone from their group be part of the actual show? Um, yeah, there's been instances of that. Um, I, You know, like when I, when I started, the shows were – originally just in Manville where, you know, where I lived. And um, we had a kind of a storyline where one of the heels got into it and was mad dogging and, you know, just being not a very nice person to uh, the mayor. And it, you know, it just so happened the mayor was also, he was disabled. He was in a, 
um, in a wheelchair. So it kind of amped up the whole, you know, you were able to, it was kind of like when uh, Hakushi and Bret Hart, you know, like they were having their feud back in the day that you were able to get a lot of like, you know, kayfabe storytelling and whatnot. And especially in a place like Wyoming where, you know, the rumors start swirling, um, you know, like that certainly kind of like gave it its own life. Um, but yeah, at the same time, sometimes, uh, the, the, the organizations want to be a little too involved. They want to go in there and take a bump and it's like, I'm sorry, you just, you don't have the training for that. And it's, it's kind of a safety issue. So I can't just have somebody come out and, you know, power bomb you. Um, you know, so I guess that, that, you know, circling back to, you know, one of your earlier questions, um, you know, I, I have had to veto that, you know, over, overly enthusiastic uh you know wanting to be involved in the show but there's always if if you're you know if you're willing to communicate um you can find some way to integrate the organization or some of the people into the show or maybe kind of have like a pre-scripted thing where you know you you have a plant for example and they'll get up at some point and start you know giving heat to one of the people and it just it's like a nice little five or ten minute you know, distraction that adds to the match. It, it sort of like just amplifies the energy. Um, and then you also notice that a lot of the fans are just like more involved too, because it's like, they know this person from the community and all of a sudden one of the wrestlers is singling them out and, you know, keeps talking smack to them. And it, it just really helps uh, with the energy of, of that, uh, that given match and, you know, adds to the card. It, it makes it a little bit more of a, um, like an intimate, uh, moment for the audience too because it's one of those things that like you'll remember where they were messing with your neighbor um you know one of these wrestlers just you know picked out your neighbor and just kept picking on them and you know shouting stuff at them or you know like giving them dirty looks or whatever so it it really adds to the charm uh, we know that in professional wrestling like I said earlier Things can happen. Injuries occur. One of the hot-button topics in wrestling over the last several years has been the use of blood in wrestling. Uh, Some people think that it's passe and you shouldn't have blood on shows at all. Others think it is fine to use sparingly when it means something. Others will use blood in practically every match. I know there's commissions at play sometimes. Uh, Sometimes it's the promoter's own choice. Where do you stand when it relates to blood on your shows? You know, the first thing I'm going to say is that, like, I I think that a one-size-fits-all policy is just never a good idea. Like, you just, you need to be adaptable enough to the situation. Um, So, like, while I... You know, I, I kind of tailored Big Sky Wrestling to be more of a family-friendly thing, and there wasn't a lot of, you know, like blood and whatnot. Um, I did work with uh, Primo's Pro Wrestling uh, with uh, Joe McDougal out of uh, uh, Denver, and, he, you know, like his was a hardcore promotion. And, you know, like there there was blood on that show, so we kind of, you know, like I brought the ring in, um and I was also working some of the uh, the Alcova shows. Uh, there's a lot of music festivals, so we were at, um, you know, in Alcova, and it's kind of got its own charm and whatnot. So those shows were a little bit more hardcore. Those shows had blood. Um, it wasn't something that I was going to integrate to a show in, say, like um, Wheatland, Wyoming. 
Um, you know, like that wasn't really like a blood thing. It was mostly family coming. And that doesn't mean that there weren't people that were, that would have been into like, oh my God, there's blood. But uh, again, I, I think my, my main thing is just don't go with a one size fits all approach. Um, blood can certainly be, um, you know, a thing, uh, you know, that, that's, you know, like a valid part of the show. Um, but you also need to know your audience. People that are going to Rhymesick, uh, you know, festival or something are, you know, they're going to be older. There might be some kids, but it's mostly going to be, you know, people that are a little older, they're drinking, um, they're more into, you know, just kind of partying or whatever. And, you know, like, so again, you need to know the audience. You need to know what it is that they want. Um, you know, Laramie is another example too. A lot of college students and college students are going to probably be a little bit more rowdy. They're going to want things like blood or chairs or, you know, just a little bit more violence, um, you know, like violent wrestling, I guess, or, or a little bit more hardcore versus running in, um, you know, Hartville, Wyoming. The needs are going to be different. The, the clientele is going to be different. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I, I'd caution anybody, even, you know, even though people have like really valid points that they make for when they have their standpoints. Um, but don't just say blood is never acceptable. Um, or it's always, you know, it's, it's not always part of the context. Well, we're down to the last few minutes on the show, and I want to make sure that there is ample time for you. If there's anything you would like to say to the listeners, anything you want to plug or promote, social media, upcoming shows, merchandise, your favorite dry cleaner, anything in the world, floor is all yours. Well, thank you. Um, I, you know, first I want to, you know, thank everybody that's been helping Big Sky Wrestling be big sky wrestling over the years, because really without, um, without the fans, there's really no point, you know, it would just be a guy saying, we're going to show up at this place at this time. And, uh, you know, people could very, you know, very much just be like, no, we're not going to show up. Um, you know, so there's, there's that, um, to other promoters that are thinking of getting into wrestling, um, listen to people, talk to people, um, really listening is one of those uh, skills that is kind of underutilized. It will help you in any industry and specifically in pro wrestling, listen to everybody. Um, you know, you might write somebody off because like, Oh, well, it's just a green rookie and you know, what do they know? But they might have really good ideas. So just listen. It doesn't mean that you have to necessarily act on every single impulse or thing that you hear, but just learn to develop that listening. Um, learn to, just be open to things. Um, don't, don't necessarily just go in there thinking like, no, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the head honcho. I've got it all figured out. Um, you know, listen to your fans, listen to the people that you work with, um, listen to outside ideas because like, um, you know, this was a really interesting, uh, this was a couple of weeks ago, um, because I was working, been, been trying to get some of these, uh, shows going with, with, um, a nonprofit that works with people with disabilities. And I had just never thought about it this way. And it's like, to the point that like all the, like a couple of weeks later, it's still kind of like sticking out in my mind. And they're like, well, what if somebody assumes that the disabilities are because of the wrestling that like the person was fine. And then all of a sudden they had an injury. And, you know, it's, again, it was just one of these things that like, I just never thought, you know, like that. And it's very easy to just like dismiss any new idea, new information, um, outright, 
But, um, yeah, just I, I think listening is one of those things that uh, will help in every aspect of life, in relationships, and, you know, whether it's a business relationship, a personal relationship, friendships, uh, family, um, listening. Um, it doesn't mean that you have to do every single thing that you hear, but just be open. And um, so, yeah, there's that. And, again, like, it's it, it comes down to the fans because if the fans don't come to your show, you're not going to be able to pay your talent. You're not going to be able to continue operations. Um, so for any, any promoters really need to be very thankful of the fans. Um, try not to alienate people. And when something happens, just take ownership. Um, you know, just straight up, like, look, I'm sorry. I'm, you know, so you, you, something went awry. I didn't anticipate this. Like I'm appeal to people's humanity. Um, because they're, I, I think a lot of people will be reasonable and they'll be like, yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, I mean, even, uh, you know, Kennedy, you know, this is way back in the day. This is even before my lifetime, but, uh, you know, Kennedy messed up and he took ownership and, you know, his popularity soared. Um, and I think, uh, when, when people are just very, uh, you know, human about it, I'm like, look, I'm sorry I messed up, um, you know, just uh, appeal to their, you know, their their ability to be rational and uh, and and human. I don't know. Maybe you've got some other questions or something that you specifically wanted me to to talk about. Uh, I think that will do it today for me. But we definitely are going to invite you back on the show and talk more. But I want to thank you for your time today and making time to be with us and best of luck as you continue on well thank you very much thank you for having me on and i i look forward to uh talking to you again in the future i'm sure there, there's still stuff uh stuff to learn and new experiences to have so I'll, I'll probably have a lot more to to report on in the future absolutely you're always welcome back here for sure and maybe we'll cross paths at some point sometime in the future I'm looking forward to it. Me too, for sure. Well, fans, definitely if you are in the Wyoming area and you see Big Sky Wrestling is coming to your local area, go buy a ticket, support them and what they do. They're doing great work in the community, pairing up with various charities. So go support what they are trying to accomplish for your community. We will be back with you Sunday afternoon. Coach Mike Jones will be joining us, and we will have a great young wrestler out of the Midwest with us. Make sure you have plans to be with us. If you are at Climate Pledge tomorrow for AEW, you just might see me there, so come say hello if that happens to be the case. Everybody stay safe out there, and we will talk to you soon. I'm just a witness to you. I'm trying to find.